Hello everyone. So welcome to episode 19 of Tetarik uh, Wallet. So it's the second last episode for this season. So each season will have 10 episodes. So it's not by year or anything. It's just uh, 10 episodes. So today uh, we will be having a former nominated member of parliament, Miss Anthea Ong, with us, and uh, she is truly an amazing. Amazing person. Uh, you can just Google her bio, uh, and actually don't you know because it would make you feel uh, bad about yourself. Uh, so she has done a lot, a lot of uh, really amazing things in her life. But for the purposes of this session, ah, uh, thank you, thank you. I am, I am uh, doing better. I am doing better. Uh, so for the purposes of this uh, session. She is a former nominated member of parliament, and the the discussion uh, will be centered around not only her experiences as a nominated member of parliament, but her her opinions on Singapore politics as well, uh, broadly speaking. Because you know everything is political, of course. Uh, so if you guys have any questions, feel free to uh, to type them out, or you can DM me. I know I got a few uh, DMs today, so. Uh, if there's nothing, so yes, indeed. So let's go. So she has sent me the the request. So let's let's go. Hi. 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 How are you? Hi, Walid. Oh dear. The the down lights <laughs> at the back is really quite bright, no? Uh, yours is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, I think it's okay. I think. Do you want me to turn it off? Uh, it's up to you. It's up to you. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because my 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 place is actually I don't have white light at all actually. Okay, well, why why is that? By the way, I I I know the the Europeans like that. <laughs> I I'm not I'm not particularly fond of that. But why 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 do you like it? My wife likes it uh, also. Oh, my parents hate <laughs> it. Uh, my parents, okay. my father especially, will tell me that we all need fluorescent lights, right? Um, I actually don't turn on the lights a lot, right? I I I use candles. I use um. Oh. You know, soft light. Um, yeah, I don't actually use fluorescent light. I find it a bit jarring. And, Interesting. And I also, I also feel like you know we don't have to see everything so clearly all the time, lah. <laughs> hmm. Wow, that is uh, an unsurprisingly philosophical statement from you. <laughs> <laughs> But if, if it's so, irritating, if it's irritating, you can let me know. Uh, I'm not sure. I know right. How bright it would be if I actually turn it off. So. Ah uh, no, it's it's not it's not irritating. Don't worry. So whatever okay. whatever you're comfortable with. So thank you, uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, of you're course, welcome. you are one of the most uh, prominent NMPs I think in not just of the past few years. I would say ever. Uh, and I've I've only had one NMP on, uh, former oh. NMP on, and that was uh, Quick Shawin, Miss Quick Shawin. Oh yes, of course. Uh, and she she's she's amazing as well. I I would put you uh, in the same bracket as her together with uh, Professor Walter Tessera and maybe a couple of others. So so yeah, I just wanted to uh, wanted to say that uh, from from the outset. So so the first question is: There's a lot of mystique. Uh, about the NMP, right? So, I think a lot of, including including myself, sometimes we ask, you know. So, how is it like in Parliament? You know, I'm sure the, for instance, in the in uh, where you guys are eating or resting, mm. the the PAP members are one side, on one side, yeah. the opposition MPs are on the other side. Then where are you guys? Are you guys 
on your own or do half of you go to the PAP or, or is there some courtship going on? Uh, do they try to court you guys? Because <laughs> I assume I assume that your votes are, are crucial, not in terms of deciding, because whatever the PAP decides will happen, right? Exactly. But your votes are crucial in terms of lending legitimacy, right? So can you just give us some insights into all of that? Okay. I know there's a lot in what I just asked. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think that's, yeah. that's um, no, no, happy to share, happy to share. Yeah. Um, uh, interestingly, in the tea room um, at the Parliament House, um, you are right. So when you walk into the tea room, uh, the PAP group is actually on the bottom, uh, on, the, on the sort of the bottom left-hand corner of the room. And then uh, my, my cohort, there was only WP. There wasn't... Um, uh, PSP yet, right? So the WP group will be on the other far end um, of right. the room that is on the sort of the top right-hand corner. Um, when we first joined, uh, many of us would um, be, I mean, you know, we were very looked after, well looked after, so we would actually be sort of invited to join the PAP group uh, during tea break. But I think over time, we somehow um, gravitated towards just taking the center spot you know, uh, in the middle of the room. Uh, and then, so we eventually form our own uh, block, um, if we will. And, and it's really interesting to see who are the PAP MPs who will come and join us and, and sit and have a chat with us, including some of the ministers. Uh, who wouldn't? Um, and then there would be the WP folks as well who would come and chat. Now, I think based on my, the issues that I raised, you would imagine I wouldn't be the most popular. Uh, with the PAP MPs. <laughs> but, but we're friendly enough. Like, we're friendly enough. Also, I must say that it's, it's not very easy to be super gawan um, mm. with, with them, both both WP and mm. PAP, because um, as NMPs, we don't actually belong to a party, right? Um, and we only get to see them, uh, both sides of the MPs, uh, both sides of the bench. Uh, once a month, and the tea breaks are really short. It's usually about right. Months, right? So, so yeah, you can't really be super kawan. Um, right. But, but we are all friendly enough. Um, right. But they are different. So with them, the blocks, you can see they have a real social relationship going on as well within, right. within the groups, right? I mean, and naturally, because they belong to a party. Right. To your point about whether, um, you know, whether there's some legitimacy that's given to us, uh, you know, um, I, I, I wouldn't be able to sort of, you know, respond to that. Um, at least not on behalf of the government in terms of whether, you know, we actually give them legitimacy uh, where our votes are concerned. Um, but I would, I would say that, you know, um, I, think, I think we do. Um, we do in the sense that, you know, when I was um, invited... Um, for the first time uh, to be an NMP, I actually said no. Um, oh. so, so yeah, my, my appointment was actually the second time I was invited and I said yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think with a lot of people, um, the vote of an NMP or even the NMP system on its own, uh, whether there's legitimacy, it's still much debated, mm. right? right. Uh, and, and I used to think that way, which is why I also said no the first time I was invited. Right. Um, just, just based on the fact that, you know, the NMP system, to me then, I felt it ran counter to the democratic principles, right, of representation and accountability. Yeah. Um, and some would say that 
you know, it was also perhaps um, established 30 years ago um, to appease those in the electorate uh, about having diverse and alternative views, right? Um, in a single party parliament then. Um, but I changed my mind, lah. you know, I felt that there is, there is legitimacy um, in the role that we, we play. And I, and I won't go into so much details, but, you know, I think the long and short of it is that um, there are definitely minority groups in a, in a, a democracy, no matter how ideal the democracy is, it's still majoritarian right. by nature. Right. Political parties will always need to get the majority votes. Right. And so there will always be minority issues that um, right. whether you're opposition MPs or, you know, right. MPs, you, you will be hard-pressed to want to, you know, raise them, right? Um, right, right. There's a political Absolutely. cost. There's a political cost to it. But for folks like our, uh, ourselves, then there's no fear of losing right. votes. So, so I, think, I think maybe not so much about whether there's legitimacy in our votes, but I think uh, more about the legitimacy that we bring um, as individual NMPs to the role that we can play in the chamber. Right. right. All right. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. That that was excellent. And you know the 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 insights, especially you know, and I, you know, it's not such a bad thing that you are not soup. You are friendly, but not super friendly <laughs> with either the opposition or the or the government. I think NMPs need to maintain that uh, that. Uh, distance, that neutrality, or at least appearance of neutrality, right? So, uh, is there lobbying, lobbying going on, like from either the government or the opposition? Like, do they go to you? Hey, are you going to vote this way, or would you please vote this way with us, or not? Nothing of that. No, no. Wow. Um, except, um, so what happens in the tea room? Um, I mean, there's lobbying going on uh, for sure, right? Um, and, and this happens actually across. Yeah. The world, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The lobbying happens with the MPs, um, you know, talking to the ministers. I myself have actually uh, gone up to certain ministers that I really wanted to raise some issues with, right? Um, in the tea room, um, some ministers have also come to me after a certain bill that I spoke up on, or some speeches I've made, or some questions I've asked. Um, some to clarify, some to, you know, some to um, dig a bit further and maybe be a little bit uh, sarcastic. Um, but, mm. but, yeah, but, but a lot of these interactions are definitely going on. And then, of course, in certain sort of less comfortable, maybe somewhat controversial motions um, that I may have raised, um, yeah, sometimes uh, I might have ministers come and have a chat with me. <laughs> um, yes. Um, what, what's the tone of those uh, of those chats? Very friendly. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, okay. Very friendly. Very friendly. All right. Um, all right. All right. Okay. Yeah, and very very friendly, very sort of um, uh, persuasive. Okay. Uh, and, and so, um, yeah, but but I think for me, uh, it's interesting to see this um, not being that different to the corporate experience and the corporate landscape. Right. I came from, right? 30 years of sort of being in senior leadership position and that whole, all that negotiation and all of that. You kind of, you can kind of smell, you know, right. um, the intent, uh, right. you know, uh, of, of this, um, this, this talks, right? And this, this sort of conversations. Um, right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad for those experiences. Lah. Right. <laughs> that okay. helped me well. <laughs> right. So Anthea, there's a comment from Joel, whom I'm sure you you know well. Yes. You've, you've appeared on his 
Uh, so yeah, he says he misses hearing your speeches, and Joel is not the only one. I think I think uh, a lot of us. Uh, I mean, I definitely do, and I'll get to that in a while. Uh, in a while as well. So I think one of the things I should have mentioned uh, uh, when I was introducing you is I don't know. I was thinking about this just now. Is there anybody in the public sphere who has been a better or more prominent advocate of mental health? Uh, in Singapore, and I, I struggle to think maybe there isn't, but definitely for sure you are one of the most prominent ones. Thank you. I, I would like to thank you uh, for that. So uh, one more question on the uh, NMP, mm. uh, because you you mentioned this as well the the legitimacy, right? So do you yeah. think do you think uh, the lack of uh, apart from the uh, undemocratic nature, which uh, which I agree, uh, I have some thoughts on this. Uh, maybe I'll share after. After you answer uh, this question, so do you think the lack of transparency is another problem with the legitimacy of? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it is it, um, is having a a single a one party dominant parliament a problem? Is <laughs> uh, mm. you know is um, yeah. it's not knowing right, that right, every right. single member of a GRC actually has majority of the vote. Right, right, vote. right. Right, right, no, right, right. Problem, so right? all of these are problems. It's part of the larger problem. That's what you're saying, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. In an ideal democracy, right, we would definitely yeah, yeah. raise that as problems. Um, right. So I think the lack of transparency. Um, uh, I mean, in in talking about this as a larger issue, I would actually want to say that one of the reasons why I decided to say yes the second time, you know, I'm being invited while it was that. I thought to myself, oh, first of all, I, 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 I dug a bit more and I realized that in bicameral systems, uh, you know, there are the House of Lords, right? And there are, you know, even the party list system in, uh, in the likes of the Philippines and all of that, where right. the individual, um, you know, may not be elected, right? It could right. be appointed. Um, so, so in some ways, even though we are uh, unicameral, which means that we are actually a single parliament, um, system, um, you know, I mean, it, it is a parliamentary innovation of sorts. So I decided to oh. see it that way. But the second reason, uh, more importantly, is that when we look at our GRC system, right, um, especially the larger ones, we don't know for sure that every single member of the GRC actually got more than 50% vote right. in their respective wards within right. the GRC. Right? And yet, those who did not get the more than 50% vote um, might, um, because of being part, not might, it is uh, factually, right. because of being part of the GRC, is actually in parliament, right? Uh, representing, um, representing the people, um, even though it wasn't a majority vote. So I, I, when I saw it from that perspective, I decided, I mean, we, we are obviously not a perfect parliamentary system. So why was I on this moral high horse to say that, no, right. this is not democratic, I'm not going right. to say yes, when actually um, it's, it's kind of up to me, I think, when I'm right. in, right? And I think the, 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 the scheme and the system is as good as, as what you show up for, right. how, you, how you sort of put yourself forward. Um, yeah. So that's why I said yes. So I think to answer your question, the lack of transparency... Um, comes to we need to make a decision you mentioned earlier it was important for me as the nmp to have some distance right between from the pp mps and also the opposition and i think that that speaks um to a very important point which is the non-partisanship 
Right. right? And, and if you look at the growing ills of partisanship around the world, um, I think there is a place in a parliamentary system for non-partisanship. Um, and especially in a place like Singapore to actually run as an independent is, it's almost next to impossible. Um, right. You know, even running as opposition candidates are already um, <laughs> very challenging. So as an independent, it'll be really quite impossible. So I think we can choose to see, can choose to continue to keep hacking the same, or flogging the same horse to say that the last 30 years, this has been an undemocratic uh, system, or to see what do we need to change, right? If it was first mooted as a parliamentary innovation, and now it's been going on for three decades, isn't it time for us to then update the system? I, I personally said that we should reinforce it. Um, we, are, we are really looking at a very different kind of a landscape, right? Um, where, sorry, let me just make sure. Okay. okay. Where, um, you know, where social media um, has a tendency to create very polarized um, political um, affiliations, right? Uh, so I feel like, the non-partisanship um, aspect of the merits of NMP, we need to enhance it. We need to reinforce it. We need to institutionalize it right. uh, and strengthen it, actually. Um, right. And so in doing so, that would include having a more robust selection, a robust and transparent and more accountable selection process right? than it is now. Um, it would mean that, you know, um, there should be more participation in the nomination, the application, uh, process before it gets to the selection process. Uh, it would also mean to actually give more resources, right, to NMPs. As well. Right. Uh, I, I think it's no secret that NMPs continue to be the only MPs in the chamber that are not given any uh, resources in terms right. of legislative support or secretarial support. Right. So, right. so we are really, um, yeah, we're really, you know, volunteers. Right. Uh, in that respect, yeah. So, yeah. so I, I would say that. Um, you know, these are issues that we definitely um, have to address. There's a larger aspect of it, but even within the NMP system, I think we need to reframe how we right. want to strengthen uh, the NMP system. Right. I mean, I like the answer a lot. I, I, I think I largely agree with it. Uh, you know, if you think about it, the NMP scheme in its original form is, you can say that it is undemocratic. And in fact, it is quite an elitist Scheme, right? Mm. A bunch of elites choose another bunch of elites, yes. right? Yes, but, yes, yes. But uh, an undemocratic innovation can have democratic effects, I think. And the NMP, I think, for the reasons you eloquently mentioned, I think it is something we need to strengthen uh, and through the, through the same ways that you suggested as well. Uh, so thank you for that. I, I completely agree with that. So, so and, and to I that have, point, actually, yeah, can Korean, I just yeah, add yeah, in? Yeah, uh, sure. I love how you said that it's actually quite elitist. Um, you know, because it is a group of elites um, uh, actually selecting another group of elites, um, which is why one of the things I think in the in the sort of reframe and the reform and the update that we need to do for the NMP system um, is also to not stick with the same profile, right? If, right. if a parliament is supposed to be a reflection of the people, right. then the, the parliamentarians should also... Um, be diverse, right? Absolutely. In terms of profiles. Absolutely. And I think that um, given that we're pretty solid in terms of um, the intellectuals and the elite, uh, and actually increasingly we are seeing more of that in the opposition parties as well, I think that there is room for us to make sure that with NMPs that we um, appoint, um, that we, we invite and include 
those with lived realities in those areas that we want them to represent, right? right. Which is why I feel, um, you know, um, I still feel disturbed that in this current slate of NMP, we don't have an arts practitioner. Um, right. You know, um, and, and it's always been. So I think that's a very important part of it. You have someone who's, uh, who has the lived experience, the, the, you know, the, 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 the practice um, and the experience to represent that sector, right? And, and in arts, right. I think you really do need to have an arts practitioner. Um, so I, I think that's, that's something that's important. I mean, what is to say that to represent the people and, um, you know, uh, civic sector or the social services sector, we can't actually appoint someone from um, the vulnerable communities, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and be supported in a way that, that he or she or they can raise some um, issues. I think that's right. That's um. That would be a, a great great place right. to move towards, right? Right. More working class representation, for instance. Right. Yeah. I think. I think. I think that's another way we should uh, really be looking at strengthening the NMP scheme. Mm. There's a there's a question from Angie. Uh, I need to ask this because she's gonna be one of my future guests. Uh, she says. Uh, she asked. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask what passing on the baton means. But basically, she said uh, that the issue with the NMP uh, scheme now is that because it really depends on each individual MP's passions, right? So let's say now you you didn't get uh, selected for the second round. Then what happens to the cause of mental health, right? So how do we ensure this continuity? Mm, mm. Such, a, such a great question, Angie. Yay! Um... <laughs> It, it actually was something that I was concerned about, and I must admit that I was obviously a little bit um, sad. Um, I must, I must admit, uh, when I saw that um, you know the questions on mental health in in the PQs were were not um, you know uh, at the same level of intensity that I was hoping um, they would, especially in in this you know right. COVID times, right? In right, COVID right, times, right. Uh, it's so much more exacerbated, you know. Right, the, for sure. 100%. Yeah, the mental health situation that we're, we're, we're living with. Um, so what, what I did and I could do was that we, we then continue a team of volunteers who are just amazing. Um, we continued the work that we did uh, last year. So we actually did a public consultation uh, for Budget 2020's um, debate. Uh, the, but the budget debate, um, and we got you know over uh, four hundred uh, respondents. So we created a website. Um, then we decided, you know, with this new uh, NFP slate um, that did not seem to have anyone that was coming forward to push for mental health in a big way, uh, we created a Facebook page. And since then, we've actually been putting up, um, you know, sort of recommendations, policy, um, right. And all of that, and then we tag the MPs <laughs> right. uh, and the ministers. Um, so that's one 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 way that we are doing uh, what we could. But I think uh, Angie's raised. And I, and I assume point. if you take if you take an MP, it would get far more traction than if I or Angie talk take an MP, right? <laughs> well, but probably, it, probably. probably but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, I mean, yes and no, but they wouldn't know that it's necessary for me unless they read it because it's under the SG Mental Health Matters right. Um, right. banner. Um, also wanted to make this a, um, you know, a platform where we can engage the public to um, be more informed uh, and educated and aware of mental health policies and how actually policies really do um, impact us, right? Uh, on an everyday level where our mental health is concerned. 
so so that's one way. The other way is I have not stopped. Um, I've not stopped engaging with the ministers uh, and the relevant um, parties um, since I stepped down. So that's another. Uh, but it doesn't quite an, uh, answer Angie's question, I guess. So it's a larger. Yeah. It's a larger question that we all need to think about, right? right. I think the the issue with the NMP system is that. Um, it's it's functional groups. It's sectoral. It's not even sort of cost based or issue based per se. Right. Uh, right. Having right. said that, it's not to say that there are not uh, MPs um, both from the opposition and the PAP side. Uh, it's not that they are not raising mental health related issues. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I suspect that because because as with all elected MPs, um, your first priority has to be what your residents want you to. Right. Use. Right? Um, right, because that that's your first um, priority right. loyalty, um, and yeah, and and I think where it comes to issues like mental health or environmental uh, concerns or arts, right? Um, this these issues um, may not tend to be they're important, but they may not be in the urgent. They're in the important, but not necessarily urgent mm. quadrant, right? Uh, and so. This, I mean, this type of issues, I think, merits an NMP representation. What, what, would you say that is true for mental health? I, I, I get for environment and arts, but do you think mental health is not urgent as well? Uh, uh, it's urgent for me, but... Um, right, right, right. right. For, for, for an elected that, MP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 but, but what yeah. Is, I, I think this is the thing, though. I think it is it's probably a human construct as well, right? It's a, con a human condition. I think everything that's invisible, it's always... Right. Be Harder to put an urgency right. to it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. In, in our pragmatism, in our national religion of pragmatism, um, you know, in, in terms of us sort of seeing how we can help another, right. we look at very tangible, practical Right, right. Things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I so, completely agree with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. because mental health, and this was one of the things I said in my first uh, budget speech, actually, I think mental health um, it's really like climate change because it's invisible. Um, even though it actually affects every single one of right. the, uh, us in every aspect of our life, right? And also affects, um, you know, the entire government in terms of how we uh, design policies. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's invisible. So until something right. kicks in, um, you know, it's, it's hard to garner the attention. Ma. Right, right. Thank you for that. And I hope everyone learned uh, what our national religion is after this <laughs> session. <laughs> okay, so, so I have uh, two questions on your uh, specific contributions in Parliament. Uh, and I think, I think they, uh, they, were, they were really important well to me and I think to, to, to the national discourse. So the first one was on POFMA. Yeah. I think that was, that was an extremely, extremely brave vote. Uh, that uh, that you took, uh, so I I was wondering uh, was was there any backlash uh, after mm. that vote? Uh, and I think Nazat uh, asked uh, asked earlier as well. Do you get backlash online, uh, or maybe even from the government? Or not not? I mean, obviously there won't be any strong arm tactics or anything. But were, were there whispers or was there? Hey, I'm disappointed in you. Some <laughs> something of those <laughs> the conversations of those nature. And and what was your opposition to Pogma based on? What, why uh, would, would you uh, change your, your views in light of the pandemic, for instance, where 
there's a lot of fake news going on about or or would you say uh nothing has changed with regards to your principal objection yeah so so that's a that, those are really great questions um and um yeah and and, and i think so my vote was an abstention right um yeah. that in itself got some backlash from yeah. citizens obviously i abstain on the vote uh which i personally think speaks um, may speak louder than a straight out no actually um because i i i think it hopefully in, in terms of my exemption it hopefully demonstrates um the non-partisanship of the nnp system right in not following right. the ruling party right um which clearly i you know i could have and 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 there are other nnps who voted um with the ruling party but also um the majority of a robust and thoughtful debate right on the merits of the bill right and right. so so i want to just um put it out there that and, and so so when i sit on um the maturing um the majority of a robust and thoughtful debate uh, on the merits of the bill I'm saying that don't throw the baby out with the bath water, right? And and what I mean by that is that I did not disagree with the intent of the bill, right? Uh, which which obviously I couldn't because why would I um, disagree that online falsehood um, can cause harm, right? Which is actually right. the legislative intent of the bill. Right. Um, I mean, online falsehood, as we all know, can distort, can demean um, public debate, right? Um, and 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 all that and and we all knew it can incite polarization populism populism and all of that so i clearly was um in favor of a of a legislative um intervention right to this uh this growing ill actually um you know in terms of uh, misinformation um uh, fake news and all of that uh, I also agree and appreciate that the government has obviously a responsibility, right, um, to protect this whole sort of social cohesion and harmony and, mm. and and the integrity of public institutions. I think I think it's 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 um it's clear that that's important, right, for a for a sort of yeah. a, a, a stable um, society and 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 all of that. So so all of that meant that I did not disagree and oppose the intent of the bill right particularly the legislative intent of the bill but i disagree with the far-reaching powers right that were granted to the government um with um online communication which may be used intentionally or unintentionally <laughs> um, right. to suppress right to suppress right. um or chill uh, debate for political purposes um, and that was why I was very specific um, in in not just sort of just abstain from a, a vote, um, but actually wanted to put forth a, a, right. an entire amendment motion. Right. Right. Um, yeah. That was really hard work. My goodness. Um, I can imagine. Know, really based yeah. on, um, uh, <laughs> which is why I actually agree with Sean. When Sean Minister Shamungam said, "Oh, um, you know, the NMPs, I appreciate the effort, especially since they're not lawyers." And I wonder whether that was actually trying to be sarcastic. But, <laughs> but I didn't see in the, in the speech. I said, well, I appreciate that the minister is right. We're not lawyers, uh, which means that, you know, it's, it's really double, triple the effort we have to put in. And right. um, galvanizing a community of lawyers and, um, you know, and, and community leaders to help us, right? So that's why I, I focus more on the amendment, uh, on the specific areas. Um, and I can share a little bit. I don't want to go into too much detail, but the three things that I really strongly opposed was um, that given that it was a two-factor test, 
on both whether the statement is false as well as whether it actually then uh, diminish um, you know public confidence right. or threaten public confidence. I, I felt that this were not clearly spelled out, right, um, to the lay person, uh, and right. that, so that's going to create um, a a whole psychological climate that is one of fear. Right. And, and, and that's going to obviously then not actually help in building trust and, and a sort right. of compact that we need, actually. Um, that, and, and also, it wasn't clear in the bill that uh, because it's all given to the minister, it could be very subjective, right? It was so... Absolutely. I mean, the way it was described was so unprecise, was so you know, <laughs> yes. subjective. And I'm like, okay, you know, sometimes you got on a bad day. To, yeah. You know, just exactly. leave this to be false and threatening um, public right. confidence. So can we then ask uh, and put it in the bill that we must get the minister to publicly justify right. why the, the statement is false and, and uh, how does this statement threaten public confidence? And I just wanted that to be built in. I, I don't, well, they, obviously they didn't take the amendments, but I think the principle of it had been uh, right. adopted. Uh, one of the things we were actually saying to put in, the, in place the principles of the act, right? Uh, which is not a, a precedent. Uh, it was done for the Gambling Act anyway, the Casino yeah. Act. Uh, and this is to, to say that if there is a statement that's made as an opinion or as a satire, right, uh, that that shouldn't be taken as uh, that is a false statement, right? So all, all that stuff. Um, yeah. other, the other part that I was uh, really concerned about was that the appeals process wasn't clearly stated as it would be swift and it would be low cost. Then right. I'm like, I don't mind, right. you know, how, how, how is this going to help yeah. an ordinary citizen, right? And, but yeah. also, more, more importantly for me was NGOs, right? Because NGOs, we very often uh, would rely on first-person account from, right. um, you know, the folks that we work with. And, and right. so, you know, um, and it's not like we would have access to public information to ascertain and verify Absolutely. Um, yeah. What is being said, right? But our role right. is to support folks that come to us, no? Yeah. Um yeah. so so that's that's another part of it. And then of course the independent oversight lah. I don't think it should all be resting with a minister right. or something like that. So so that's why uh, my opposition was also uh for an independent sound council to be to be established. Um which I think independent committee, added, you mean? Yes. Independent committee, yeah. Yeah, and it has the added advantage of obviously also educating um, because we all realize yeah. that, that the only real antidote, right, um, to yeah. is actually a more informed, right. engaged, uh, digitally more literate, um, right. you know, public. Critical um, public, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so that must be the long game that we are we're actually working towards. Was there any backlash? Um, Obviously, we were invited to the Ministry of Law office the moment we filed the motion. <laughs> uh, it was, um, there was obviously, um, you know, the, the effort to try to clarify um, the stance of the government in, in this bill to us. I, I, I see. appreciate okay. all of that. I appreciate all right. of that. I, I, I also did commend them for coming up with the first in the world kind of innovation, legislative innovations like the correction order and direction. Right. Because that's the first in the world, right? So I, right, right. I appreciate that we are always constantly sort of thinking out of the box. But right, I, also, right. um, I also tried to do my bit since there was the clarification on the part of the government, right? Uh, right. 
there was also the clarification and the, the attempt on my part to say, well, if you actually put out the amendment on your part then, <laughs> on this, on this uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then we don't have to file the motion, then it can be coming yeah. from the government, right? Uh, oh. So there was a little bit, of course, of that negotiation. Uh, I, I think with this bill, I'm pretty sure I'm not... Um, I mean, as some of my well-meaning friends would say, not just this bill, but other bills, I, I definitely would not be seen as, um, you know, a, a favourite. Like, and some might say I was a troublemaker MP to some of the ministers and ministries. Right. <laughs> um, and and um, backlash from the public, um, not at all, not for this. Uh, for another one, yes. Yeah, okay. for another issue, yes. For this, it was actually very which, a lot of. Uh, can I ask which issue was that? Or? The the question I raised um, uh, ah. on the apology. <laughs> ah, okay. So which which is the the the, the next? I'm sure you're gonna, gonna ask. Gonna talk yes. about. <laughs> I'm sure you're gonna ask. <laughs> that was gonna be my my question. So, but yeah, before that, I didn't know you were on a first name basis with Minister Shanmugam. Okay, good. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I, I want to be I want to be fair to Sean, right? Sean is actually, um, yeah, a, a really, really, um, you know, good guy to talk to. Um, I mean, he has a a, a public persona, uh, and, and in Parliament, and I think the whole sort of senior council um, persona. But on a one to one, um, you know, he's actually open to the listening, right? I mean, right. Ha having said that, obviously, he's also very principled. Uh, he's right. also a very uh, strong um, parliament, a, a, a strong uh, minister, right? Right. So his views are very strong. Yeah. So, right. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good to know. So, I think there was another uh, abstention. I'm not going to ask about this, but there was another abstention that was really, I think a lot, a lot of courage, the, the town council, <laughs> the motion against uh, WP. Yeah, I think both you and uh, Walter did that. So, thank you for that. Thank I you. definitely appreciate the POFMA, uh, POFMA uh, actions, uh, the actions related to POFMA that, uh, that you undertook. So, thank you for that. Uh, so, uh, what a lot of people... Well, I think a lot of people know, but some people do not realize is that you are responsible for one of the most iconic moments <laughs> in Singapore. Let the cat out the bag. <laughs> in Singapore's parliamentary history, at least recent parliamentary history, right? You were the one who asked the question about the that got a non-apology from Minister Jyotio, right? So, what do you now with one year, uh, one year later? So yeah, and exactly, everything yeah. that has gone exactly one year, right? So, what do you feel? What do you feel about that? What do you feel about that non-apology? And what do you feel about the entire tone? Because I, I personally felt it was such a. First of all, it was a strange, uh, strange uh, answer, right? I mean, you don't wait for somebody to ask. But <laughs> <laughs> secondly, also, it, it's almost as if. I don't know what it was. Was it the stress of the situation or was mm. did she display like she was out of touch with what a lot of people were saying? What what was it? So what was your assessment? Because you were at the forefront of things. <laughs> <laughs> Again I must say, you know, um, you know, it wasn't um what I had hoped that Joe would um, you know, I, I definitely didn't expect that uh, response from Joe uh, at all. But I want to set some context, and I think, um, 
you know, that, that whole um, response from her has taken a life of its own. Like you said, many people might not even yeah. know that I was involved and maybe I should have kept it that way. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, not that I need to make any more of the ministers <laughs> and the government ministries. Um, but I want to set it in context, right? You are absolutely right, Walid. I think to be fair and let's make sure we are fair. Uh, of course, hindsight is perfect, but I also want to say since I was there, this was in the parliamentary session in early May, right? We were just a month into circuit breakup. The outbreak in the dorms was just horrendous, was scary. I personally, myself, was involved um, on the ground um, with a collective of NGOs uh, for the migrant uh, workers. And um, it was actually harrowing. I mean, in, 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 in fact, if I was going to describe it, I mean, it was prescient as well because I initiated this collective um, you know, on a WhatsApp group chat, right, uh, in February, right, um, not realizing it was going to be that bad, lah, but we were, we were mm. realizing that we need to support the migrant workers with the COVID-19 situation. Um, it was harrowing. It was almost like a humanitarian crisis, right, uh, and that the effort, uh, the efforts that the ground folks were doing were really like a humanitarian effort. Um, and, and, and I was also directly, because I know many migrant friends, right? And they, I, will also, I was also hearing directly from them, you know, the condition, the situation, and all of that. Um, and some were not even given the support like sanitizers or masks. And, and the food was obviously such a major issue at the time. I mean, to be fair, until the army came in, it was really, you know, um, quite, um, yeah, quite scary, quite harrowing. And I was, you know, at the same time, I was still having to be debating these four budgets, right? Yeah. Um, so it was, it was quite a lot. But I was definitely um, feeling very strongly um, that the situation was such that they were locked in. And, and I would say they were locked in, right? Because they were locked in. Uh, it wasn't even just a lockdown. They were locked in, um, in their dorms. In a, in a lot of ways, because of the, um, the, the how fast the disease was spreading, to protect us, right? To protect the community. Yeah. We were not being let out to, to protect us. And, and I, I don't know about you, it was very hard for me to take that, right? Because, yeah, because they, they have nowhere, to, and, and the conditions absolutely. in the dorms, yeah. were tw 10 to 20 uh, per room, I mean, there's no way yeah. they would have yeah. been... They will be infected, right? Uh, yeah. There's just no way. And, and knowing also that at the time, uh, many research um, experts and medical experts were coming to me to say, Anthea, you know, there are repercussions, you know, even though they're young and there's no fatality risk, um, you know, um, there would be repercussions and stuff. It was very hard for me to take, right? Uh, and, I, and then when I, did, I dug a bit further, Walid, um, I realized that the foreign uh, worker, um, Dormitory, Foreign Employee Dormitories Act, right? The FEDA, yeah. uh, that was enacted in 2015, actually um, did stipulate that the dormitories must be built for a pandemic, right? Mm. And so that was obviously, uh, maybe this is obviously, you know, too unprecedented, so we didn't actually provide enough. Anyway, all of that together, I'm just trying to set the context. Right. I felt that, you know, um, that, you know, we actually as a, as a as a people, as a country, should appreciate, but also to say sorry, right? Because they are actually yeah. being locked in, um, yeah. and so should the government, right? Oh, um, yeah. That's why I raised the, the issue. I, I raised with all that context. I did set that context, and I want to clarify: I did not direct the question at Joe, right? I did yeah. not. I yeah. directed the question 
to all the ministers who stood up to do the ministerial statement relating to COVID-19. I wasn't the only MP who asked many questions um, relating to the migrant workers and doms. Um, but after the ministerial statement were given, I felt like uh, my questions were not adequately addressed, including the question I raised about whether we would uh, consider a commission of uh, inquiry, right, um, given the outbreak. And so I decided to raise, I raised my hand and I asked this question kind of on the fly. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, I mean, to go back to your question, um, I was not expecting that response uh, from Joe for sure, but nor was I though, I must say, uh, expecting that the government would apologize though, right? Um, mm. but, but I was certainly hopeful that we could at least acknowledge that we could have done better. Right, yeah. uh, whether in peacetime, the way we um, have the housing arrangement for our uh, migrant workers, or even in sort of the management of the you know the crisis, even at that time, that we could have done better. Um, we all know now that our prime minister did acknowledge that uh, eventually in one of his statements um, to us. And as you know now, um, you know policies are in place to um, to improve the. Yeah. The space, right? Um, yeah. And the living arrangement for our workers. Yeah. yeah. So, I know. Yeah. That right. I definitely got backlash. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I definitely get. Um, there was. Right. Uh, and uh, I how come? As in, of what? Of what nature? Or. Um. So, so I had hate mail. I I had um wow. I had um trolls and I had um uh, pro PAP groups um which I, I was actually quite sad to see and that was actually the first time I will admit something which is a bit pisey. It was the first time I knew the term internet brigades and I, I I actually um encountered trolls mm. <laughs> um, right. you know and I realized some accounts were really strange right and they were mm. living living uh, strange sometimes expletives uh sometimes um you know, strong remarks. Um, and some actually even resorted, as always, if they cannot get me to, beg me to respond, they resorted to misogynistic remarks. Lah. Um, but but I wasn't actually aware of all this, right? It was actually friends who were concerned. And then, right. then you know, because they were concerned, they didn't realize that by sending me the, the link, they are actually uh, sharing with me what I didn't know because I don't follow right. I don't follow, um, you know, the different groups and all of that, right? right, uh, right that's right. when I knew that there were some uh, pro PAP groups who were actually, yeah, uh, putting some right. posts and all of that that were, yeah, they were very jarring. Right. Yeah, but thank you. Thank you for speaking for the vulnerable. Uh, and I, I mean, it is unfortunate, right, that uh, you got whatever you got and hopefully we'll move to a place I don't know whether it's possible the age of social media where that doesn't happen <laughs> for people who who speak out on controversial stuff and, and even so I don't even think that what, what you said was too controversial mm. uh, but just on the COVID-19 and this is just a comment I don't know if you have any thoughts on it uh, I think definitely on the the migrant workers it was I think the government has done pretty well in managing COVID nineteen, but yes. but the, for the dormitories, I think it was it was a it was a failure. But I think it wasn't just a governmental failure. I think a societal as well. I, yes. I, I get that the response and the mobilization, you know, by the CMSC for instance, COVID nineteen yes. Migrant Support Coalition, right? So I think uh, it was the response was good. But one of the most telling things was this: did the, the dormitories hardly became an election issue. 
Uh, and talk to me, that tells me if the opposition themselves didn't didn't bring this up, right? It tells us, right, that maybe people are not too interested in it. And and it tells us that's why this thing happened in the first place, right? Exactly. Because of, exactly. I think I think it's we sh- we really should take a good hard look at ourselves as a society, not just not just the government. Yes, the government for sure. Uh, but also, also for us. I'm so, so with I you there, uh, Wale. Yeah, I'm so yeah. with you there because actually, every time I spoke out on migrant workers, I mean, through the two years in Parliament or almost two years in Parliament, um, I, I, I was very fortunate. I, I, I get, you know, very affirm, uh, affirming uh, remarks and comments, right? Um, but when I, whenever I speak out on migrant workers, that's when I get uh, really, mm. yeah. Um, mm. So you are absolutely right. You know, um, there right. is still, um, you know, there's still some way for us to go as a society. Right. Uh, right. And, and absolutely, by no means is it just the government's responsibility. It is, it right. is actually um, both, right? Um, the government is going to go with uh, what the, the society wants. Right? Absolutely. Because, because absolutely. many times yeah. I've been told, yeah. I literally have been told uh, in parliament as well, when I spoke up and asked for some support uh, with the G- GST increases, I was actually um, rebutted uh, to say that, oh, um, we must make sure that citizens are the ones who get um, this, this uh, support measures, right? And, um, you know, so there's, there's obviously that, that need to, to go with the, you know, the, the, the majority sentiments, right? right. So, so we have to be the one to be responsible for that. But at the same time, in a place like Singapore, um, I think the, the, the government also uh, role model how we Yeah, for be, sure. They are thought leaders, be. right? They are thought leaders, right? A lot of exactly. times. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. So it's already 15 minutes. So just one final question. I mean, this was really a very enjoyable conversation. So what is it that you couldn't do as an activist, that you <laughs> could do as an, M- an MP uh, and, and vice versa, right? So, uh. and I'm sure now, now your profile as an activist is is different, right? Because you're a former NMP, like yes. you call Minister Shan Shan, and you are in. <laughs> so I'm sure, uh, as I said, you not can. That, not that he actually necessarily likes me. Uh. I'm not saying. That, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying. So, uh, so uh, I'm sure uh, you said you are still in contact with with the ministers, right? From time to time, at least. You send them, and probably you 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 are more likely to get a response now than five years ago. Probably, yes. I assume. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, Absolutely. so do you see any difference uh, between being an activist and an an MP? I think I was actually an activist and MP, right? So I don't think the way well certainly the way I live my life um, and the way um, you know I, I went out to the public and I still have my trees, um, whether it was when I was in NMP, I was an NMP or not. <laughs> So I think as, as, as someone, you know, I, I think in terms, of a, in terms of changing my life, uh, there was no change in my life. But I think you're absolutely right. Um, so very spot on, Walid. Uh, I think, um, I don't think as an activist, um, I would be able to get the commitment from the government to do a whole of government review of mental health policies like, mm. um, like, like I was actually uh, responded to in my budget debates last year. Right. Right. Um, and that has seen, um, you know, I think also um, as debated by, by COVID, um, you know, that's all coming through, right? I mean, there's still a lot more to be done, obviously, but um, we've never had um, this much focus um, at the governmental level. But more heartening is that um, whole government uh, interagency effort, right? So that's, 
that I don't think anyone as an activist can do lah. Really, it's just not um, it's just not humanly possible. Right. Maybe not even structurally possible. Right. Um, right. Uh, and so I think if I that's my own personal experience. Then, if you think about it, obviously, as an activist, you'll never be able to sort of push a bill like Walter Wound did, right? With the right. with the maintenance of parents. Right. I also think that because of what Kanwaljit Soin, um, who I I love dearly, um, because she actually um, initiated the family violence bill, is actually the reason why we have the lights of Koha, right? The protection. Yeah. Um, against harassment. Online. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I think. I think as an activist, really, one big reason why I decided to say yes to the NNP invitation was also because structurally, I mean, you can do super good work on the ground, you know, but on the ground, you will realize at some point you hit a wall because there are yeah. structural issues that as as um, ground activists you just cannot change. Right. Um, and you need policies to enable that work to become right. better. Right. So, so I think Kawanji, um, Kani's uh, Kani's um, bill on the family violence really set a whole series of things going, right? A very substantive changes. Even Xiaoyin, who, who was your last uh, NNP, yeah. right? Um, the way she spoke up for the youth, right? Uh, yeah. I think contributed a large part to the whole SG Youth Action. Right. You know, so those kind of right. very systemic level type of shift, I think it's really quite hard to do as an uh, individual activist. Right. Uh, you can. I mean, um, if you have a body like aware and even aware, you know, it's been a long game, you know. Uh, but I think at, 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 in the parliament, um, yeah, it definitely gives you the advantage. And then, as you said, like, I think, um, you know, now that I've had the NMP um, experience um, and um, and that sort of that that mark, that chop, uh, it's easier for me to go to the ministers now to sort of share some of the challenges and, you know, suggest uh, some of the uh, possible solutions and, and, yeah, engage with them that way. And, and yeah, it's, it's usually uh, well responded to and maybe even better responded to since I'm not sharing this in public now. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's only possible because of your experience in Parliament, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. And, and right, so I yeah, think right. that's, that's the other thing that I think, um, you know, which I felt was the... the and I, I, and I find it to be such a privilege um, to serve, right? I mean, I still think that every time I talk about NNP, though, it's always with so much immense um, gratitude because it's such a deep privilege to serve that way. And it's not yeah. about just, obviously, that was very important to sort of be able to sort of, um, you know, bring the voices that need to be heard in parliament, but it's also the other way around, right? It's actually to bring the understanding, a much deeper understanding of policy making. Um, right back down to the ground so that we then know as, um, as a civil society how to then, uh, you know, uh, make change, you know, uh, that is not always a binary face-off. Uh, right. Sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to stand out right, because right, they're, right. they're too polarized. Right. But I think, um, yeah, there are ways to negotiate that. And, and until we understand how it's being done, um, it's, it's hard to know what is the best way to get a policy change, right? Uh, right, right. Yeah, so I think that's, yeah. that's been very valuable. Thank you so much, Anthea. I always end off uh, with this question so that yeah. we end on a conciliatory note. I'll, I'll <laughs> amend the, the question slightly slightly for you. So I always ask if it's a PAP MP, I'll ask who's the favourite opposition and opposition I'll ask who's the favourite 
uh, PAP uh, MP. So I'm gonna ask, who's your favorite PAP MP other than Louis Ng and Taman because that's everybody's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and who's your favorite opposition MP as well? Ah, so Louis will always say that I used to have his back, and now he doesn't have anyone. Uh, right, right. Because I literally, I think on many, him. on many, many issues, right? The Rohingyas and I mean a lot of a lot of overlap, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. We do, we yeah, do. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. I have a lot of time to him. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, I mean, Daman is it's uh, how can anyone not like Daman? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. My favorite um, PAP MP. Uh, it's hard to choose because. Um, actually, when you get to know, you know, talk to them one to one, many of them really um, do come with, you know, a, a really a huge sort of um, passion, huge amount of passion to serve. Um, I I always say that um, this this minister is my favorite because obviously, um, because you know he he got me, he hurt me, and he actually initiated, and this is um. Uh, Yi Kang, right? Uh, minister Ong Yi Kang, when he was still education minister. And so all the hustling and, and, and all of that, making sure mental health education is compulsory, which it is this year. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another yeah. reason, yeah, another yeah. reason to make him my favorite. Um, <laughs> he came to me in the tea room and asked me to tell him more. And then oh, he, he actually okay. uh, went as far as then um, arranging to meet me. And I thought he was going to just meet me one to one for me to tell him more. He actually cleared his um, diary two weeks from when he said he was going to meet me. I thought it was going to be two months. Um, he gave me his lunchtime. I went to his office and, um, and, and, and there he was. He's actually arranged a whole group of um, senior directors from MOE to also meet Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. And he, he yeah. said that I make sense and, and I come from, you know, um, I, I brought some good ideas and all of that. Uh, and so, so on that, on that front, he is um, a favorite from the point of, you know, supporting me and pushing, um, you know, this, this right. cause, right? Uh, right? So opposition has to be pre uh, <laughs> Okay, only, yeah. I should say other. Yeah, yeah. Only because we, we actually also have a, you know, have a cool, cool sort of um, friendship, right? Um, from those time talking about, you know, different, um, different things and all of that. Um, yeah, so it, it would be pretty calm. And I was very, I was especially proud of him, I guess, um, in the way he actually um, dealt with the whole issue with Raiza. And, and you know right. I'm a leadership coach, right? Um, right, right, so, right. Yeah, so, I, I read your post on that as well, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, he's, yeah. Really, he's really uh, take off everything that, you know, um, a good leader should be, right, uh, as a, in terms of empathy leadership, in, in terms of authentic leadership, in terms of, yeah, just he, he ticked off um, a lot of those boxes. <laughs> right. But he's, he's so not performative. This is actually... He, exactly. Exactly. I, I think people can see through. Yeah. Right. People can generally see through when somebody's faking it uh, versus somebody's... Uh, genuine. So thank you so much, Anthea. Not just for coming on, but I rarely ever say this to politicians. I don't know whether you consider yourself a politician, but <laughs> thank you for your service and for thank everything you. that you've done. And let's have Tetari in real life soon. Okay. Yes, we will. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Thank you. okay, thank you so much. Okay, bye bye.